Infertile Mafia. That's Sarah. And that's Kayla. And today we're talking about awkward conversations with your boss. That's right. Infertility in the workplace. Felt like this needed its own its own show because it's different than telling your friends or family because you've got that professional piece of it. And there are so many different work situ well, working situations like careers, jobs, and like so many people have different ones. So depending on what you do and how close you are to the people you work with would depend on right. what you tell them. There's a, a lot to weigh there. And we're going to share from a lot of people, um, a lot of listeners about what they think they'll do or what they've done in the past and maybe help you make that decision if you're in that place or will be in the future. But yeah, awkward conversation with your boss. <laughs> <laughs> but first... But first, Sarah... We have the business. The business, the business. So, the first Sarah thing... Sarah just said, you guys don't know this, but we talked about having a jingle. Yes. Us writing a jingle. And that wasn't it. <laughs> what I just did. <laughs> the business, the business. <laughs> okay. That's, yeah, not, that's it. not it. I think we can do better than that. <laughs> anyway. The first thing is we're doing another giveaway. Yay. Yay. And this one. I love a good giveaway. Me too. I like giving stuff away. Like I like yeah. making stuff. This one <laughs> is an IVF care package. Goodie bag. Goodie bag. So I asked people in our Facebook group who's doing IVF or a frozen embryo transfer this summer. And this is why. <laughs> There was a thought behind that post. Uh, we are going to do a giveaway with things we think that you could use during an IVF cycle or frozen embryo transfer cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the first thing is you can't see what I have, so I'll just describe it. It's a little cooler Lift bag. Lift it up and show it Ooh, to everybody. Can Sarah. you hear it? <laughs> It's a little cooler bag that says the Infertile Mafia on it. Sarah made it, guys. I didn't make the cooler she put our bag. logo on I it. I put the logo on it, though. And it's cool. Yeah. I, and it'll keep your meds cool. Or, like, Gatorade. <laughs> yeah. You could take Gatorade to your egg retrieval with you and start chugging it. <laughs> or you could put your water when you do the transfer you're supposed to drink a bunch of water full bladder yeah you your bladder you'd full. be surprised how many reasons you might need a cooler bag when you're going through an IVF cycle yeah and then the biggest one is keeping your folostim cold or gonolef yeah any of those meds that have to be refrigerated yeah and then we're like I told you the story about the time we had to travel to my in-laws we were doing an, a medicated IUI and they didn't know we were had even seen a doctor so we had to keep our meds in a one of those cooler lunchbox things this would be perfect for that if you kept it in a, another bag <laughs> because it says the <laughs> right. infernal mafia on the outside but <laughs> yeah i mean so what do they have to do okay so there are two ways to get your name to us to get in the running for this giveaway. Uh, the first way is like last time with our last giveaway, we want ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. And then <laughs> once you do your rating and review, you if you could follow up with an email to infertilemafia at gmail.com so we know what your name is on there because you just kind of type in a random name. <laughs> Right. Then you're hard to find. This will make it easy for us to find you. Yeah. And then the other way is follow us on Instagram at Infertile Mafia Podcast. And we want you to make a picture of you listening to the Infertile Mafia. Show us how you listen. Like, do you listen in your car? Do you listen while you work out? And uh, your Instagram account needs to be public for us to see it. 
and you need to tag us in the picture and use the hashtag infertile mafia giveaway <laughs> there you go <laughs> we, did everybody get all that we just want to see how you're listening like yeah where do you listen to the podcast how do you listen to the podcast like your um your friend cassie showed a she made a an instagram post of her watch and she was streaming the infertile mafia podcast i thought that it was a cool picture yeah. that's how she shared it so just tag us on your post and then we can find you that way too yeah like if i made a post i'd be listening while doing dishes <laughs> because i need something to do while i'm doing dishes because I hate them. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's a fun one. That would be more for the people who have like infertility or TTC related accounts on Instagram. Yeah. If you want to. If you want to get in on this giveaway. Like you could do the review and do that. So you would have two entries. <laughs> bonus but if you want to just do the rating and review that's more anonymous extra credit do both yeah <laughs> and then what's and the next business item unless you have more to say about the giveaway no i think we covered it yeah the my item for the business is the chicago land walk of hope is this weekend and by the time you're listening to it it'll be tomorrow if you listen so, on friday if you're listening if you to listen this on Friday, on Saturday, you're too late. It's already over. <laughs> it's already over. <laughs> I already walked two and a half miles for you. You're welcome. <laughs> so Resolve, which we've talked about before, but that is the, it's like the biggest infertility advocacy um, organization out there. And they put on these walks throughout the country Um to raise money and awareness, et cetera, for the infertility community. And there's a walk this weekend in Chicago. So if there's anyone in the Chicagoland area, send me an email to infertilemafia at gmail.com and let me know if you're interested in having like a little mini meetup or walking together if you're going, because um, I will be there it's 8 a.m. this weekend. So yeah, I've already registered myself, pledged my amount. I'm ready to do it. I so. wish I could go too. I know, sad. Yeah. Because I might be walking by myself, but that's okay. Aw. Is your husband no, going? I like doing things by myself. No, he's not coming. <laughs> Someone's got to watch the Twinkies. Oh. Well. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could take them, but... You're independent. Man. Yeah. Oh, I do stuff by myself a lot I actually enjoy it I would for so. sure take Peter with me <laughs> have you ever been to a movie by yourself no <laughs> I highly recommend I'd rather just watch at home by myself <laughs> most movies now Sometimes you can just stream the when they come out well yeah sure but there is something about the theater that's true yeah someday someday ooh sorry I just hit my mic that was that what that noise was everybody oh it's okay 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 so pros and cons of telling your employer oh wait there infertile. was one more thing on the business <laughs> oh what i'll wait i'll maybe i'll do it now out of the box okay I, I have no idea what this is so we'll talk about it later <laughs> i guess <laughs> it's not that it's just gonna be me ripping on another product oh okay <laughs> let's move mm -hmm. on to the pros and cons of telling your employer yeah. What do you think, Sarah? Oh, of telling your employer? Yeah. Like when we were hmm. talking about having doing this topic, Sarah was like, I don't know anything about it because I never had a boss. And I well, reminded her. Yeah. I was doing wedding videos when we first started going through infertility. You were your own boss. Yes. So when you told yourself... How did you react? I was like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, it never, my appointments and cycles never uh, interfered. interfered with weddings. I would not schedule a cycle during a wedding because you know a long time ahead when the wedding is. 
But see, that did interfere. I mean, not interfere, but you had to plan life around your... Right. Like you couldn't take a job if you knew it was going to be during or you decided not to. I actually took a, I took a job during the two week wait of IVF and it was a last minute type thing. Mm-hmm. And I had to travel to Illinois, like to Quincy, I think somewhere around there. Do you know where that is? I have is? no idea where that oh, is. It's, <laughs> no. it's kind of by St. Louis, north of St. Okay. Louis. So we had to drive five hours, and I think I was seven days past five-day transfer. And at that point, I was like, yeah, it didn't work. And so the whole weekend, I was kind of like stressed out about that and sad. But um, it was a f- it was my friend's cousin, and it was the last minute. So that's how I got the job. So the family knew what was going on. Mm. Her grandma was really sweet. She was very confused by it. She still doesn't know if it's actually our child. (laughs) She still asks. She's like, so is that their kid biologically? (laughs) Like, yes. Sometimes it's not, though. Right. Depends on your situation. IVF can be so confusing for people. And she's she's like in her 90s and she's one of those grandmas who like still lives by herself and mows her own lawn, like one of those ladies. Yeah. And she's like one of those badass grandmas. Yeah, and she's like, "Yeah, we we tried and we got pregnant after 4 years and then we could never get pregnant again." I was like, oh, "That's sad." But it was in the 50s. And she's like, "Yeah. We didn't have this available to us." So it was really sweet. She came over to me. The grandma, who's almost 90, came over to me and told me that. That's nice. Yeah. It's her way of supporting you. Yeah. Even though she doesn't really know no. if Bjorn is your child. Yeah. <laughs> Their whole family was, it was fun meeting the family. I like being the wedding videographer because you get to be involved Yeah, with all the craziness. Right. The weddings. Yeah, you see all the crazy. <laughs> but I'm glad it didn't, like, you didn't have to deal with that, um, like, that awkward conversation that some people have to have with an employer. Yes. Oh, and it was right. Um, it was over Thanksgiving, too. What was? The wedding? The wedding and my cycle. Oh, and so we, it was in the middle of the holidays. We weren't going to have the beta until after Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's a hard time. Yeah, but it's like, I would imagine that it affect your infertility is affecting your job because, like, that's all you can think about. Was a you distraction. Know, and that's not just you specifically, but like for anybody. Um, yeah, it can be a distraction, but it can also be like it can be a good distraction or a bad distraction. Um, like your job. Yes. Is what, what I mean. Um, I felt like for me personally, I because I did not I chose not to tell anyone at work. And I was just going to ask if you told people I couldn't remember no. from way back when we talked about this and what the first or second episode I think we did touch on it just a little bit in of in one of the first couple of episodes um yeah I didn't tell anyone because I um well a few reasons but I didn't want to have I liked having my job as a as a distraction like you said like a place that I could escape kind of I could escape my infertility a little bit because nobody knew about it and so there wasn't this like cloud hanging over me at work where people were wondering or asking nobody knew so nobody you know you. It, it just wasn't yeah <laughs> I didn't want to have to deal with that with people at work and people in my personal life that was like my selfish decision to I don't mean selfish in a bad way I just mean I was one of the reasons I chose not to because it was refreshing to go to a place where nobody knew that about me and I could just behave like a normal person um but I also worried about I don't know being judged like uh 
In other words, once you tell, once you put that out there, there, even if, even if your employer is supportive, there's no way that's not going to now a little bit taint how they're like, you might end up with a little bit more scrutiny on yourself because now they're going to be paying close attention to like, can she do this job? Um, and I was worried about that. Like, I was just worried about that affecting how they saw me at work. Like, they would be worried that maybe I couldn't pull this all off. And so I didn't want that potential bias. And that wouldn't be the case in every place, you know, but some places it might be. Um, and in, in some places it might be very real. Like, you tell them that, you've basically given them, like, an enormous headway like information that not only are you trying to get pregnant you're going to be pregnant hopefully soon and like in other words you don't want them to start planning your career path before you get a chance to yeah (laughs) do you know what I mean yeah um so those for those three reasons I chose not to tell um but a lot of people do like you'll find we're going to read from a lot of listeners that they told and had great experience with it. So I'd say a piece of advice before we get into those comments would be to make sure that you're really clear on like the amount of sick personal vacation days you have. And if you're not sure to talk to an HR rep or someone and you don't have to give them every detail about what's going on, but they can help you discern like what your actual rights are as an employee if you're worried about you know your boss giving you a hard time about missing time off if you if you're worried about that happening it's good to know exactly what your rights are as an employee bow show so yeah (laughs) so anyway let's get into some listener comments all right the first one is from megan And she said, I would never tell my employer. I just tell them I have (laughs) doctor's appointments. If it's a full day thing like an egg retrieval, I just tell them I have a minor procedure in this day. As long as recovery goes well, I'll be back the next day. I'm sure they wonder about all the appointments, but it's none of their business. And they never push the issue. I should add, I get unlimited sick days and doctor's appointments count as sick days. So my employer really can't push back on the time off. I know that's not the case with everyone. Uh, That's nice that she gets unlimited sick days. Yeah, that was my first reaction, too. Sounds like my father-in-law's job. Like He's been there for 40 years and now he just has unlimited days off at this point (laughs) (laughs) you get 365 days of vacation well kind of not like that but (laughs) yeah that's great that she that i feel like that really changes things or it would for some people to have that takes some of the pressure off to have unlimited sick days yeah i mean then yeah, there's just no, like, you don't have to worry. You don't have to question it at all. And you can schedule your appointments during the workday. <laughs> yeah. Does she live in Canada? <laughs> that doesn't sound like an American thing. No, no. I had to. So the way I hit it was I always went early in the morning before work for like you know, monitoring ultrasounds or blood work and stuff like that. Um, if it was anything more involved, then I took an actual day or whatever. But it's a cattle call um, at that time. Yeah, Holy it's, crap. It's so true. It's like the fertility clinic is packed at like 7 a.m. I've been to my first clinic. There was sometimes not enough seats at that time. Yeah, me too. Me too. I sat on the coffee table one time. And they'd say, Sarah, and like multiple people would stand up, <laughs> of course. And then they'd say, Sarah B. And then this other More girl, this other girl and I both stood up. She's like, OK, both of you come up here. <laughs> it wasn't me. Oh, you're so right, though, <laughs> about the early morning. Yeah, it is so busy. It is. 
That was a rude awakening because I went one time at like 11 a.m. and it was a ghost town. Yeah. Just tumbleweeds blowing by. Everybody's gone by then. Yeah, because everyone's probably working. <laughs> yeah. And the clinic staff is like, they've already worked an eight hour day at 11 a.m. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> They're like, oh, you're here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but Megan, that is, I mean, I've. Like, like I said, I'm with you. I didn't want to tell my employer. I think it's great that you have been able to keep it a secret and it not affect your job or not be stressful. It doesn't sound like. Mm-hmm. So good on you for those unlimited sick days. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> okay, next we have one from Diana. I work in a very small office, and although I know I don't need to disclose what all my appointments are, the atmosphere is very much, quote, one big happy family. But I'm very hesitant to tell to tell my male boss as the office very much depends on me. I feel like I might be considered a, quote, slacker because of all these vague appointments and phone calls with doctors and insurance. Hello, anxiety. Is that you? LOL. <laughs> I'm very interested in hearing if anyone did tell their employer, how did they react, etc. Thank you. Hmm. Yeah, I'd, I hear what she's saying. Like I was just telling you, Sarah, I was worried that if I told that they would, they would, I'd, you know, they'd be worried that I couldn't do my job the same. And yeah, like she said, I feel like I might be considered a slacker. Uh, and I, don't I definitely think had that so. worry too. I guess it depends. I think some people would. Some people would. Like our business is like that, like a family business. And so mm-hmm. if an employee said, Hey, my wife and I are going through IVF, I know that everyone would be really supportive, but it wouldn't be that way. Yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere. Right. And this is where it's good to know your, I mean, what this decision is very dependent on your specific situation, where you work and your relationship with your employer, because, uh, yeah, I mean, especially like your high powered big corporate job where you're, I mean, they don't care. That'd be different. Yeah. They're just looking at the bottom line. Well, and it would... It, it could get to a point where some people would abuse that trust. Yeah. And just, well, yeah. you know, do whatever, take off yeah. more time than they needed to. And that's when it would get into, like, are they really doing this or are they, like, trying to screw us over? Well, and that's exactly what I mean by you get this bias on you now. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be putting questions. If you love your job and you love your career and this is some some place that you want to stay in good standing and good favor, you don't want to put questions in their mind about your ability to do your job or... Now I'm thinking I wouldn't tell a boss. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's just a lot to think about because... I don't know. Yeah. There's just, you got to really weigh it. But like you said, it in a, in a more family friendly setting that you wouldn't necessarily have to worry about that. So you just have to know who you're telling. Yeah. So it, man. Plus she mentioned her male boss, which we haven't even talked about that yet, but um, awkward. So <laughs> awkward. Depending, like, especially if it would be someone like my brother. He's so awkward. <laughs> like, he's one of those people who asks stupid questions. Oh, no. Like, at, when Bjorn was seven months, he's like, when are you guys going to give me a, another nephew? I'm like, you need to <laughs> shut your mouth before I kick your ass. <laughs> because he's someone I could actually say that to, so... Of course. I don't think you could say that to your boss. Well, I guess some people could. <laughs> yeah. And then he, his friends were over, came over to our house and we had dinner with them. And he's like, when are you guys going to have another baby? And I was like, Alex, you cannot ask people that. You idiot. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, what? I'm like, no. Sibling that's, love. You're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> My boss was 
super awkward too. Like he would have been so he would have asked some stupid question too and he would have yeah. He I think he would have actually ultimately been supportive, but he would it would have been such an awkward conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Plus they don't know what to do with that. Like especially uh women who work in a more male uh, dominated, dominated field like engineering yeah you know how awkward yeah. those engineers would be yes absolutely so yeah it's just they'd be like yeah maybe talking to the hr person would be different though well yeah that is their job to be able to help you navigate that sort of thing yeah yeah but it, and we talked about this last in the episode about like just coming out um, just yeah dealing with those awkward conversations with people and then once you tell them they don't know how to react like they don't know if they should talk to you about it all the time or check in or not and so you would also have to deal with that with an employer too. Mm-hmm. So it's just another layer at work that you may or may not, like you just have to figure out if you want to deal with that in the workplace. The flip side of that being, if you don't tell them, it's the stress of hiding it and or lying about it, which I did all the, oh my gosh, I told so many lies. <laughs> which probably <laughs> didn't make you feel great. Oh, I didn't care. Oh. I, I mean... I was I wasn't being dishonest about my job. I was just oh, I need to do I would just fill in the blank with some other excuse other than I'm having a needle jabbed through my vagina to get eggs out. And I was going to say I did not feel good the next day after that. Your egg retrieval? Yeah. Like I was feeling oh, I didn't either. bad 5 days past like until transfer. Like, yeah, well, I had OHSS, and I worked all the way through it, and it was hard to hide it. Oh, my gosh. I did it. You can do it if you need to. If you have to. If you want to. <laughs> Man. Okay. The next, next Tracy. Uh, Brett, actually. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. I did not mean to skip you, Brett. Brett says, I haven't told my employer yet. It causes me a lot of stress, but I work from home so I can hide it when I'm not on travel. I don't want them to know I'm trying to have a baby because I work in a male-dominated field and it could hurt my career trajectory. My managers would be supportive, but I'm afraid there would be unconscious bias, which is true. Yeah, I feel like there would be. Yeah, we like what we just said. This is the now the third person, if you count me, that's said that they were worried about it hurting their career trajectory. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in a way, like they would be getting pregnant and then missing work. So from the employer's point of view, they're like, why would I give this project? Exactly. You know? It's not fair, but it's it's really not fair, but it is an unfortunate reality that's happening every day mm-hmm. all the time. Um, and yeah, that's what I was saying about like you're basically announcing a, pre- a pregnancy before you're even pregnant in a manner of speaking. So yeah, in your boss's mind, he's like he's already looking or she into the future about like well where is this going that's why so many women don't announce their pregnancy until they absolutely can't hide it anymore because for the same reason they don't want it to affect their career until it absolutely has to yeah so this is one of those like really unfair disadvantages that you have if (laughs) as an infertile person if you do end up telling if for some reason that it does affect your career in a negative way it's not fair yeah, I can see it from the employer's point of view, too, though, because they're like, oh, yeah, now well, I can down an employee. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not a, it's not sucks for everyone. It sucks for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why you really want to think about it before you make that choice. Um, OK, Tracy. I worked in a restaurant as a bartender when we started our infertility testing was pretty quick after getting married, six months due to our ages. 
I'm not a private person, and knowing how many doctor appointments I was in for, especially since they were a 30-minute drive each way, minimum, I shared some information with my GM when we first got started. I assume that's general manager. That's what I would assume, too. We were given our diagnosis, male factor infertility, and prognosis that conceiving on our own was not likely, pretty quickly put a plan of IVF into place. Once that happened, I shared with a couple of the bartenders as they were the ones who were flexible and could switch shifts with me if I needed. Everyone was super supportive. That's nice. And that's nice that it's a flexible job because you could, I mean, I would assume working at a restaurant, there would be nighttime yeah shifts or or less 7 a.m <laughs> shifts yeah maybe i don't know a lot of people in the city like to drink real early in the morning oh no <laughs> get their bloody mary in one hand and the mimosa in the other Blah. oh man <laughs> that does not sound day drinking does not go well for me let's not even get on the subject of drinking again no well tracy is a bartender so it begs the question but that's no but that's nice yeah i could see that being the same at say like starbucks right yeah and if you have friends at work that are you know they're they're your friends in real life which i don't I guess she didn't exactly say that, but she shared with a few of the other bartenders and and they were willing and flexible enough to like switch with her when she needed it. Like that's a that's a best case scenario, I think. Mm-hmm. Like she told her general manager and her other coworkers and it, everything worked out swimmingly. I wonder if she's still a bartender. She says that she has twins now. That's right. Through IVF. Yeah. And people always ask if they run in her family. And she explains they did IVF. <laughs> and then people get uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just like the story I told you about the um, personal trainer at the gym. Yeah. She asked me. Yeah. And she got super awkward and uncomfortable. I like watching people I say- squirm. I kind of do too. It's fun for me now. <laughs> and and the advantage of having twins is that fast tracks you to the IVF conversation much quicker than I imagine it does with the singleton. Yeah, it never because comes up. Because they always, people always ask if they run in the family. I mean, it's like the second question out of their mouth. Are they twins? Do they run in the family? Do you have twins in your family? Um, No. Or yeah, I do, but I don't even... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, no, we did IVF. I mean, if I had <laughs> twins, I mean, technically twins do run it. My grandma was a twin. Or... Yeah. Then that, that counts. But she's yeah, still I mean, alive. I say that. <laughs> Her twin even... died at birth because it was the 30s. But. Oh. It happens. Sad. So. Even if you, um, even though if even if twins don't run in your family and you don't want to uh, you know announce that you did IVF just lie and say they do like uh maybe <laughs> they could yeah just lie i don't we like lying lie i lot. never i feel like i <laughs> i don't lie much i can't even think of a time <laughs> that i've lied besides like when i was a teenager <laughs> Well, you they know what I mean. To hand. try to avoid an awkward conversation with a with a total stranger, you can lie about if twins run in your family. True, and I don't even have that yeah. problem because I don't have twins. <laughs> okay, next we got Madison. Madison, she says, "I have been pretty open about our struggles from the start. We told too many people too early that we were pregnant. Learned my mistake." And then had to keep retelling and explaining the story of my miscarriage. Ugh, that sucks. Yeah, that mm. sucks. My diagnosis, surgeries, etc. Since that, I have been very open about my personal infertility, but try to keep my husband's, which is slight, up to him for who he wants to tell. I had to take a lot of time off around my miscarriage, my miscarriage for surgeries, intense grieving, etc. 
I'm an independent contractor, so it was much easier for me, but I was still expected to work a certain amount of hour, hours a week and couldn't bring myself to. And in an absolute dark moment, I just told my boss that I had miscarried. I didn't want to I didn't want questions asked and needed this time to be able to grieve and go through multiple surgeries and recovery. I have recently had to miss meetings and my calendar has a lot of Madison at appointment, do not disturb on it. I just recently told my boss that we are doing treatments and that my doctor appointments are very important. Thankfully, he and his wife have gone through similar situations and he is very understanding. Our office is very relaxed, which I am so thankful for. I don't know how many ladies without flexibility do it. So much love to you women. Aw. That's nice, Madison. That's nice, Madison. <laughs> Ooh. Jinx. Oh, can I talk? <laughs> or do I owe you a Coke? Um, We'll call it even. I'm drinking one right ah. now. Cherry Coke Zero. Zero calories. Um, I like my Coke straight. I know. I do too, but I prefer the kind without calories. (laughs) I'm like, whatever. Sarah's like, give me the real stuff. Yeah, it just doesn't taste the same. Anyway. I think the part at the beginning when she was talking about how originally she, she was trying to maybe keep it a little bit of a secret at work, but then she went through the miscarriage and the surgeries and just eventually opened up to her boss because she's having such a hard time with the grieving is something we also shouldn't take. I mean, you need to work that into your equation too because, in other words, don't underestimate the emotional impact that this will have on you in the workplace. Um. As someone who went through a miscarriage as well and didn't tell anyone at work, I had some really hard days. And yeah, like, and in fact, just thinking about it, I'm getting a little choked up because I went through the, the miscarriage process over the weekend. And then I remember going to work that following Monday and just dreading it and having to work really hard to just like put on a put on a straight face and act like I hadn't gone through the worst hell that I'd ever gone through. So if, and if your employer knew that you were going through that, or if they knew you were having a miscarriage, then again, you just have to, you know, your situation the best, but that might be one of those situations where it would, I mean, you don't even have to tell them you're going through infertility treatments, but it may not be the worst thing to disclose, hey, I had this really tragic thing happen. I'm going through a miscarriage or whatever. Um, if you're having a really hard time with it. I could see a miscarriage being people being more sympathetic towards. Yeah. Because right. it's like everyone knows what it is. Mm-hmm. And they probably know someone who's had one. So they yeah, know that it's a big thing like with infertility they're like what's the big deal you know right so yeah i could see a miscarriage being bosses being more sympathetic towards right like if you need to take some time i could yeah which if you need to take time do it if you have it to do yeah yeah but yeah because that's that's a pretty big deal it's a very big deal so it shouldn't be something then, you should be ashamed you know, to tell a boss like I need I need a little time or else you're going to see yeah. me like crying at my desk. Yeah. Well, that's the other piece of it. If you can't if you know that you're going to have a really hard time doing your job or holding it together, that might be the time cuz if if it does affect your ability to do your job, they're going to wonder anyway, what's going on? And so, if you are able to tell them like you said they they might be more sympathetic to your situation but even and they can probably tell that something's going on you know when something's going on at home for a lot of people because they can't just hide their emotions or they have displaced anger right or like displaced emotional releases towards something that's like 
not even anyway <laughs> i don't know if yeah, i'm making but, and sense some people are better at that than others like i think i did a pretty good job of compartmentalizing but not everybody that's just not for everybody to to like feel you know they just can't separate but and like i said there were some days in there that i like i uh, looking back on it it's like maybe i should have told someone because i was having a really hard time and maybe they did question my job performance because like what you just said that probably was happening i was probably acting sad or angry or and it helps, you know. I mean, if you do tell your boss, it helps them understand, like, what's going on instead of being like, why is she acting like that? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's her freaking problem. And then if they know <laughs> that something's going on, they'd be like, oh, that's why we need to yeah. cut her some slack here. Right. Hopefully that would be the compassionate boss. Like, if you have a jackass boss. <laughs> it may not help. It really depends on where you work. On your situation. Yeah. yeah. All right. We've got one more. KJ. This is from KJ. I had to tell my employer. I'm active duty in the Navy and I didn't want to tell a soul. I found out about my infertility diagnosis the same week I told my ex-husband we were done. I was a mess, but determined not to let it show. I remember I was supposed to lead physical training. This was eight years ago. I went up to start and someone said something and it went downhill from there. The tears started and I was so embarrassed. The lead fitness leader came over and later that day, the lead fitness leader came over later that day and talked to me. I told him what was going on and that I guess I was just overwhelmed. He didn't overreact and just told me if I needed to talk, he would be there or his wife would be open to talking to. He ended up telling my supervisor, who was more surprised at how well I hid it. Women in the Navy have a stigma around getting pregnant when they're supposed to be on sea duty or deployed. This was when I started worrying what I would do if it came down to starting a family or having a career. They say to plan your pregnancy for when you are on shore duty, when you're not deployed. Easy enough, right? <laughs> and then... She goes on to talk about the rest of her experience, like in the Navy. I'm not going to read all of it because it is pretty long, but it's a. I think it's a it's a great story that she has to tell. And if anybody wants to see the rest of it, you can join our closed Facebook group called the Infertile Mafia for the rest of um, her comment here. Um, but I'll skip to the end because she end up, ended up eventually. Um, she did get remarried. And um, she, they, her and her husband are now currently going through the adoption process after um, some not great experience with IVF overseas, I think. So um, she finished with saying, telling an employer is a catch-22 situation. I really didn't have a choice at times. Now I'm at a new command and my husband and I are hoping to move forward with adoption so it doesn't really come up. People get awkward and I end up reassuring them that I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> I guess I have been lucky. I haven't had to make that choice between a family and a career per se because I haven't been able to build a family. Adoption while living overseas is even more difficult and we are still paying off that frozen cycle that we couldn't afford. Mm. So, that is a heavy one because... Her story made me tear up a little bit. Oh. <laughs> you know I don't cry I, that often. No. Sarah's like a stone sometimes. <laughs> I am. <laughs> but it's just no, so I sad think that, that she's like, do I have a career or do I have a family? Yeah. Then I was thinking of her being deployed and like having kids at home yeah. and not seeing all the things i i'm like just so impressed by anyone that had like the, the loyalty that our service men and women like they sacrifice so much so much it's not just their time or their physical self i mean like what she's talking about i can't believe that i would have never thought about this like being a woman in the military and 
trying to plan your fertility around deployments. And I, I mean, I would assume the same is true. Like for men, if they know they're going to be deployed, they're, they want to have a kid. Like, well, this is the only time we can do it because after this day, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, like this, the, she called this a stigma around getting pregnant. Um, like almost like it's an expectation that they're supposed to do it at a certain time or not otherwise it's inconvenient I could, for everyone yeah you know? i could see it where it's like just getting pregnant is a stigma right yeah but i mean yeah because what good are you to the military anymore probably if you're nine months pregnant probably not I mean, I so even... great to the military if you're nine months <laughs> pregnant kj can can educate us on this but what do you do during pregnancy if you're active military i'm guessing you're put on like some sort of a desk job or something yeah at home yeah because it's not like they're gonna send you overseas right but and she also has this is another unique situation that i would have never thought about about women that have a very physically active job Mm. because she does talk about um, later on in her comment here that another time she had to tell so she had to get a doctor's note basically like to say look I'm going through this treatment I'm going to have to be on bed rest on these days like she had to go through that and and a lot of us wouldn't necessarily have to do that because we're in other words her doctor's telling her uh, no you can't do physical like the type of physical training that the military requires uh, no you're not the supposed day to after an embryo transfer or <laughs> after retrieval like you're right. not supposed yeah. to be doing exercise exactly because you so had where, a huge needle <laughs> stuck through, through your vagina and then they sucked out eggs so your ovaries have little holes in them right it's very traumatic on the old honeypot it is <laughs> actually they bypass the honeypot it's not traumatic on mm, the honeypot it's true it's traumatic it's traumatic on the lid <laughs> <laughs> and the honey no wait would that be the cervix no <laughs> the honey is your lining <laughs> right yeah right. anyway it, but yeah i'd People that don't have a, a real physically active job would have a, an easier time hiding the, you know, anytime my doctor tells me no physical activity, I'm like, yes, that means I can sit in bed all day and eat ice cream. I can do that and watch Netflix. <laughs> this I can do. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to bring this up. The infertility treatments also affect both partners not just yeah the woman going through it like it's true um my husband had to tell his employer and i don't know if he told his hr person and talked to her about our benefits and all of that <laughs> they didn't cover ivf in case you're wondering um but i don't know if he told his direct boss I don't remember. I think he may have because he was having to take off time for for appointments with me during the actual cycle because he had to be there at retrieval to give his sample. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. 50 50 percent of the equation. He was there at transfer (laughs) because, you know, who doesn't want to be there when their baby goes in right yeah (laughs) you know but yeah so i mean it affects both people it does especially if the guy has a traveling job i could see that making it very hard like i've heard people talk about that Mm -hmm. or if you have a traveling job yeah you're supposed to be in alaska Next month, right around egg retrieval time. Crap, that's not going to work. <laughs> I mean, that's why yeah. I, you know this, I had I had so many delays mm-hmm. in our treatment because of my job. Like a year? Was it? Well, well I mean, two, that was probably was by... two summers in a row that we could have gone forward with an embryo transfer, but 
could not because I have a job that I'm gone all the time in the summer and it just you have to be present where your clinic is like for an for a cycle you can't just be coming and going and especially since I did all that immune therapy oh my gosh yeah I had to be even more were you actually away from home or did could you go home at night I was away from home for several weeks at a time and was your husband with you or no nope so yeah that would make things very hard yeah so it would be I was I was running a summer music camp up in the woods of Wisconsin. So fun. So it was fun. Super fun. But it was far from Chicago and I could not come and go. It so, wasn't like Wabu Sabi, was it? Or whatever that's called. Wabu Do you know Sabi. what I'm talking about? I don't know. No. My college, the girls, the theater girls would go to the summer camp somewhere in Illinois or Iowa or Wisconsin, I don't know. <laughs> and it had a name that was like, sounded like an Indian name or Native American oh. name. See, I thought of Wabu Sabi made me think of like... Sushi? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Maybe you want sushi. <laughs> yeah, you had a lot of um, delays. I had a lot of delays. And a lot of them had to do with my job. Yeah. Which can be super frustrating on the topic. But I didn't, you know, I didn't want, I, I eventually had the attitude that, because I, I took a lot of, of pride in my job and uh, wanted to do it well. And I didn't want this piece of my life, my infertility, to compromise that in any way. So I tried to really be able to do both. And I feel like for the most part, I was successful, but it was hard. Tell me if I'm wrong here, but was your career or is your career something that the jobs are pretty competitive? Not competitive, but they're kind of hard to get. Uh, Yes. Since just because of the nature. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, it's a it's a job in the arts and it's a job at a nonprofit and that's like those are two areas that are yeah my old especially high school has been trying to find a choir director <laughs> just saying <laughs> maybe we should all move oh, to and my piano Arkansas. teacher I'm not in Arkansas I know I know <laughs> Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> my piano teacher I don't know why I said that. who is like the assistant choir director she also had twins hey oh i don't know something where in the water they fit. in arkansas <laughs> <laughs> guys sarah lives in missouri yeah <laughs> not even gonna not. correct you Arkansas. Nothing against Arkansas. <laughs> but I don't live in Arkansas. <laughs> it's like calling someone the wrong name on I know, purpose. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that was a, a nice smooth transition into an out of the box segment that we just did. <laughs> Which oh, you were gonna tell us about Mosey Baby? Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. Okay, we can close with that, but I guess. <laughs> you had another question here, too. I do. Um, but, okay, I'll quickly tell everyone about Mosey Baby. I'm curious if anyone's heard of it. It's, uh, <sighs> it's another at-home insemination tool. Oh, okay. Oh! Which I think they're all bogus we've talked about that but anytime one pops up like an ad for one I make a note and this one in particular I'm very unimpressed with because it doesn't even anywhere on the website you can't it doesn't show you how it works like um I think it's pretty self-explanatory well I know (laughs) I know that well then okay then my next question is why am I going to pay you $80 to do basically what I could do at home with my turkey baster? Uh, actually, they're syringes. 
Well, I know, but you have again, those probably left over from. <laughs> I do. So, yeah, I just do you eighty dollars. Two? Huh? You get two. Nope. You get you get a syringe and you get a sample cup with a lid. That's ridiculous. Eighty dollars. That's really it's ridiculous. A it's a syringe with like a soft tip. I guess that's different. Like mm, on the end, I guess. Wow. I don't know. I just feel like those are such ripoffs. I mean, the only time I would do that is if I was a same-sex couple. Like I yeah, didn't you actually a have a penis. Yeah, and you had a pe- like. Other than that, no. You can get syringes no off diff- of Amazon. Yeah, it's no different than doing it with like a five-dollar syringe or with a penis. Yeah. Get the old cooch cork up there. <laughs> Let me Amazon this. <laughs> anyway, so I don't know. I don't know what a, everyone else's opinion on them. I know I'm jaded, but. Oh, you can get syringes for cello shots. So you could get a pack <laughs> of, let's see, let's say 10 milliliters. You get a Pack a 10 and use one for your at-home insemination. Use the other nine for uh, jello shots. No, okay. So which, a pack of 10 millimeter oral syringes or vaginal. You get, no, it's not a pack of 10. It's a pack of 15 for $10. Boom. So. You're welcome. We just saved you guys $70. <laughs> yeah. So use one for your at-home insemination and then use 14 for gel shots. It's <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fun. Yeah. Let us know how it goes. Yeah. Maybe do the jello shots before the insemination. That works for some people. Hey. Oh, I got drunk and then I got pregnant. Yeah. And then you could also get um, sterilized specimen cups for $7. With a wide mouth. <laughs> uh, I don't know how wide the mouth is, but yeah. See, that's our point, guys. You don't need to spend eighty dollars on this. I just, I, it just irritates me because I feel like it's a scam. I, it irritates me because they're preying on infertile people. So many people right. are preying on infertile people. Yeah, don't get preyed upon. <sighs> yeah, just yeah. <laughs> don't let. Them yeah, that's get just why it you. angers me. Because it just seems like it's a total ripoff. And I don't like it. I don't like seeing my infertile mafia brothers and sisters getting ripped off. Yeah. Well, so yeah. Uh, we were going to anyway. say what our favorite thing about the summer is, but, you know. The heat. There you go. I, <laughs> I don't know. Like, not having snow is... Right. Makes me My happy. favorite things about summer are that I don't have to deal with any of the things about winter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> summer is kind of busy here. Like, Peter gets home pretty late because the summers are busy time at work. And uh, the roads are super busy because there's a bunch of tourists here. That's right. So. I would say the same is true. For me, all the tourists come out of the woodwork because it's nice during the summer. Here in the summer, yeah, yeah. they go see that bean, yeah. that bean, that big tower, the lake, the Ferris wheel. There's a Ferris wheel. Eat some hot dogs. Ooh, yeah. Oh, I want a hot dog. Chicago Deep hot dish dog. pizza. I, yeah. I want to have a Chicago hot dog in Chicago. I know just the place. Yum. If anyone ever comes to Chicago, send me an email. We can hook up. Hook Maybe up. Maybe we can do a jello shot together. <laughs> someday <laughs> I'm going to make it to Chicago. And someday I'm going to make it to the lake in Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to be so confused. <laughs> but anyway, so. Yeah, we should probably wrap it up there. Yeah. Join our closed Facebook group called The Infertile Mafia. Follow us on Instagram at Infertile Mafia Podcast. Feel free to send us an email to infertilemafia at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to hear lots of talk about eggs and balls and stuff.
That's right. And don't forget about the giveaway Yeah. to tag us on Instagram at Infertile Mafia Podcast and or write a review and give us a rating in Apple Podcasts. And in our next episode, we're going to talk about unexplained infertility. It's a bitch. <laughs> it is. The end. All right. Thanks for joining the Infertile Mafia. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.